When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to More Than Amused. I'm Stani. And I'm Sadie. And welcome. Yeah, and welcome. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Merry almost Christmas. Happy Seriously. holidays. Whatever this is coming out like the week of Christmas, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you're looking forward to this beautiful weekend. You get to spend it with some family. I know. Are you doing anything fun, Stani? I'm just going home. I'm excited, though. We're going to California. Oh, Jordan's fun. Fly out early early christmas morning mm-hmm. or christmas eve morning i guess 6 a.m flight so it'll be wow <laughs> we'll be yeah. there for a whole week which would be really nice oh no because it just got really really cold here in utah it did it got really cold the weather yeah. was like awful on monday i feel like every time it snows even though we live in utah we literally have license plates that say best snow on earth Everyone forgets how to drive. Just <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, I went to go see West Side Story in theaters. Oh, how was it? It was, well, it was really good, but I only got to see half of it because when we were walking into the movie theater, it was raining. Mm-hmm. And then the power went out halfway oh, no. through the movie. <laughs> and so, um, and then when we came out is when it was like a blizzard. Yeah. Like that's it, when it, it snowed bad. really bad. But they gave us like comp tickets to like come back and we haven't gone back yet. But the first half was very beautiful. That's good. Hopefully we can get back to see the second half before we leave on Christmas Eve, but we'll see. But like I said, the first half was lovely. Would recommend. Well, that's good. I heard like kind of some mixed reviews about it. Like apparently it's not doing as well in the box office as they had hoped. And so they've just been like trying to figure out what the deal is. Because like usually big like like Broadway musicals like that, like I don't know what to call them, like a legendary musical where like you know the name of it. It's been around forever. Like Mm -hmm. they usually do Do better like into the woods like i feel like that was a big deal yeah or like les mes think of like how huge les mes was which i mean like les mes is like people's favorite i mean i know that like there's some i don't know a lot about it but like the allegations that like anzel elgort that came out apparently like after they finished filming so they couldn't like change things but i also even heard people just say like I didn't even know it was out already. So like maybe it was just yeah. bad marketing. But I've seen like the headlines as well. But like I'm sure the movie is without criticism and I'm not the one to make the judgment call, you mm-hmm. know, on the criticism the movie has gotten. But as far as like a movie musical, I was really enjoying it. Oh, good. A, you know, it was really beautiful. Like the costuming and everything. My favorite two characters, oddly enough. I mean, like the woman, the girl who plays Maria, she did yeah. amazing. But my two favorite characters were... Are you familiar with West Side Story at all? Yeah, for the most part. Like, I know it's based off of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, but there's two characters. Riff, who is like the leader of one side of the, 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 one of the gangs, the Mm -hmm. Jets. 
he was amazing. And then the other person who I thought was so good is Anita, who is like the girlfriend of the other gang leader. Those two, they're like supporting characters, but I was just like, they're the best in this whole movie. I loved them so much. That's awesome. Well, should we talk about what we're doing today? Yes, let's do it. Well, okay, so usually we do a thing called Musemus where we like create, we've done it one year, obviously, but like we create videos and content up to Christmas and with finals and I moved and everything else that happened this year just didn't happen. It was a good <laughs> So look forward to it next year. But <laughs> this year, instead, we kind of took all that content that was like planned, I guess, and like created this episode. And basically the idea behind it is there are obviously very popular Christmas myths, but a lot of them surround men. Like you think of like Ebenezer Scrooge, Santa yeah. Claus, and Jack Frost, like these male characters that kind of dominate the mythology of Christmas. When in reality, there are like a ton of women that are also part of like these mythological Christmas traditions, mainly in other countries. Yeah, there's just a lot of women that are a part of Christmas mythology in other countries. And we thought it would be fun to like talk about a lot of the popular ones and kind of the mythology around them. Um, And like too, like it, it was so cool to read about them too and like just the variety of cultures that we drew these myths from and also what i thought was cool that even though they're all from like different cultures and all around the world how many of these stories like overlapped and sounded very similar to one another like it was cool how a lot of these stories connected and like oh wait it's like this person but it just has a different name and like a little bit different story in a different part of the world so that was like cool to see it's also like so funny that i feel like every country has like a myth surrounding someone giving gifts to like good children around Christmas time. Yeah. Hey, that's what I was thinking too. Like for me, I was like, at a certain point, if everyone is like in some agreement here, like, is it true? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like how based in truth are these stories if like everyone has a version of these stories? That's like, so it's true. Just- Cause it's like, where did it all come from then? Like obviously there had to have been some mm-hmm. amount of truth to something like this. Yeah, it's like, and it's also crazy how it's like whatever they were based on, like they became so prominent that it's like a version of that story exists. Exactly. Everywhere. It's kind of crazy. So I guess you heard it here first. Santa is real. Exactly. and Absolutely. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because it's everywhere. So how could it not be? And it is in the exact way that we imagine it with <laughs> at the North Pole and reindeer pulling his sleigh definitely 100 Mm percent also kind of a funny thing that i see every time around christmas is the fact that like male reindeer shed their horns antlers or whatever around this time of year oh wait really yes and female reindeer actually keep theirs all year round so that means that santa's reindeer are actually all women Wow. Yep. What do you know? Which Who means that Santa it was is a, a feminist. Yeah, but it's kind of a crime that they named that poor girl Rudolph. But <laughs> we'll let it go, I guess. We'll let it go. <laughs> we have like 10 different myths to go over mm-hmm. here, so quite a bit, but we'll go through them and give you the brief overview and Let's stories of these women. And it's so cool because, like I said, they're from so many different countries. So this is just yeah. really fun because it's like the legends behind so many different places i'll start cool yeah go for it mm-hmm. so the very first one is saint lucia 
And it's based off of, or I guess a holiday, is St. Lucy's Day, which is also called the Feast of St. Lucy, which is a Christian feast day observed on December 13th. And this observance commemorates Lucia Lucia of Syracuse. Shout out to Syracuse, Utah, where I'm from. (laughs) Definitely not the same one. Yeah, I was like, not where it's from, though. (laughs) Yes. Anyways, so it's an early 4th century virgin martyr under the Diocletianic persecution, who, according Mm -hmm. to legend, she brought food and aid to Christians hiding in the Roman catacombs, wearing a candlelit wreath on her head to light her way and leave her hands free to carry as much food as possible. And which is like cool because I feel like that's definitely now a Christmas, um, you know, like that's mm-hmm. such a staple of wreaths with candles in their heads. And it's so cool that that's like where that myth and story came from. I had no idea. But St. Lucy's Day is celebrated most widely in Scandinavia and in Italy, which each emphasize kind of like a different aspect of her story in Scandinavia, um, where Lucy is called Santa or Stonk, Sancta Lucia. Lucia? I don't know. Mm -hmm. She's represented as a lady in a white dress symbolizing a baptismal robe and a red sash symbolizing the blood of her martyrdom with a crown or wreath of candies or of candles on her head. Oh my gosh, I misread that. Um, But then in Norway, Denmark, Sweden, and Swedish speaking regions um, of Finland, songs are sung. Girls dressed as St. Lucy carry cookies and little saffron buns in procession, which symbolizes bringing the light of Christ into the world's darkness. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Like I said, I, I'm very aware of the image of a woman mm-hmm. with a wreath and candles in her head, and I had no idea this is where I was from. So yeah, cool. kind of a fun story about this. When I was on my mission, there was a family whose like heritage was like very directly Swedish, and mm-hmm. on Christmas morning, they actually came and knocked on our door, and they were both dressed in white with their little like candle wreaths on their head, which were obviously mm. battery powered because you know flames <laughs> on yes. your head, kind of a hazard. Um, and they brought us like the little um, thin gingerbread cookies that are actually so good, and then this drink, and I can't remember. I think it was called like Vossel or something, and mm. like sang us the little song that's the tradition. And apparently, that's like the tradition that they have there is that the, like the oldest daughter will wake oh, up cool. and go and bring everyone in the family like cookies and uh, like cider pretty much every morning on Christmas. And um, my brother served his mission in Finland and he said that it was a very common thing there to have that drink and those cookies all throughout the Christmas season and kind of celebrate it in that way. Yeah, so I love it. I kind of wish that was a part of like our tradition because I think it's like so I know. Cool. I'm like, we just have Santa in the mall. What's this? <laughs> yeah. And I think there's even like a festival of St. Lucia that's like they have like people dress up as her and like walk down in like a parade and there it's mm. like all candlelit and everything. I feel like I remember seeing photos of that. So it's just like a very beautiful tradition. <laughs> Lucia. That's a cool. Also, I realized I think at first I was saying Lucia. Lucia. Ha. I think oh, well. Lucia might be the proper way to say it, actually. So you're probably right. Who knows? If anyone's <laughs> listening knows for sure, definitely yeah. let us know. <laughs> but either way, Lucia, Lucia, same yes. deal. So this one is La Bafana. So This legend began thousands of years ago and remains to this day a tradition practiced by Italian children and their families. But as the story goes, one day the three magi, or magi, magi, I think, left their, magi, the three magi left their country bearing special gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh for the newborn Jesus Christ. 
They were guided by a star across many countries at every village that they passed. People ran to meet them and accompany them in their journey. But there was one woman who did not join the Magi. She claimed to be busy with her housework and promised to join them later when she had time. But the next day, she realized her mistake and frantically ran after the Magi with gifts for their child still clutching her broom. But it was too late and they were long gone. And ever since then, the old woman has been known as La Bafana or simply just Bafana. And on the eve of January 6th, um, she will fly from house to house in her old broomstick and deliver all the gifts that she didn't give to the holy child to good girls and boys. This is such a weird one, first off, because it's like, is it a cautionary tale about like not doing housework or placing housework above god or something you know what i mean yeah (laughs) which is interesting because in the bible there is also a story with martha and mary and jesus pretty much Mm -hmm. saying the same thing like don't put housework above god which i didn't know that needed to be such a cautionary tale i know when have i ever wanted to place housework above anything (laughs) else (laughs) i mean I'm, i'm sure the message is like you know don't let yeah. anything silly <laughs> distract you from going after jesus but what i thought was interesting about this story is the fact that it's like january 6th so mm-hmm. it's like it's not christmas day but it's like a couple weeks after that you can you know get little gifts from her i wonder like how celebrated that is and if so i'm like do parents have to like have give their children the gifts and then three weeks later give them more <laughs> two weeks yeah. later give them more i wonder if maybe like that's when they celebrate christmas instead of in december i know i'm like is that where they get when they get the gifts i'm not sure yeah i don't know how it works either but it's just interesting i yeah it makes me want to like travel to every country and then be like i know and be like so how like do you actually practice this is this something i just read on the internet like what do you do yeah because i've even heard of like i feel like christmas has become such a big deal and so commercialized that it kind of has invaded a lot of other cultures i've even heard of like a jewish people now like celebrate christmas but not the christ part of it just like the you know giving gifts christmas trees because they're pretty and fun and then they have like obviously their whole regular hanukkah traditions and everything else as well but yeah so it's just kind of interesting like how i wonder if like people are just doing two christmas holidays (laughs) this one is vieja belen La Vieja Belen, whose name translates into English as the Old Lady Bethlehem. So this one's pretty similar. And like, I didn't even realize, but you'll see that I have this one and then one other story that's like basically the exact same. But let me Mm -hmm. read about this one. This is a Dominican Republic tradition. And this story is similar, like I said, because it was, it happened to be introduced to the Dominican Republic by Italian immigrants during the 19th century. So kind of makes sense that this is similar. But there's a traditional get-together celebrated by these Italians in which a good witch called Bafana, like I mentioned, would come and visit children after Epiphany, which I didn't mention, but Epiphany is known as El Dia de los Reyes Magos in the Dominican Republic, which is, like I mentioned, celebrated on January 6th. Mm-hmm. And on January 6th, the visiting three wise men is commemorated by gifting all children their christmas gifts just as baby jesus received them bafana is also called la, la vieja belen was supposed she would come home with a bag filled with candies and toys and give them to well-behaved children and then children who didn't behave well throughout the year would receive a piece of burned charcoal wrapped like candy um, or coal yeah exactly <laughs> i love that it's like wrapped like candy though so it's yeah. like you don't realize that you're getting cold but <laughs> the story is the same where she's described as an old lady who and like just a general good doer but um and during the rainiest season she would bring into her home 
poor orphan children, feed them, wash their clothes, and lodge them until the season ended. She was also known for being an excellent housekeeper. Whenever she wasn't helping others, she would be cleaning her house. So, like, again, like, another, like, weird thread is the fact that, like, she's, like, really big on cleaning. But, <laughs> you know, like, the story's a little bit different. It's still yeah. cool to, like, see that direct link that, like, from Italy and how it changed a little bit in the Dominican Republic. That's cool. And then this one oh, is Russian. So, um... The name is... <laughs> you go for a, it. Let's hear it's it. It's a snow maiden. <laughs> Snegrochka. Yeah, sounds right. Snegrochka. I, I could see it. And she's a popular seasonal figure in Russian culture. In her most recognizable form, she is Dead de Moroz's granddaughter. If I'm correct, is basically like santa claus but she is his granddaughter and companion as he delivers gifts to good children in celebration of the new year in the day moro's legend she is the russian santa like i said santa claus's granddaughter helper lives with him in velika yug and she's most commonly depicted with long silver blue robes and a furry cap and just as Dead Moros, Dead Moros, Day Moros, I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> appears in various interpretations during the holiday season, impersonated by men in costume. So does she, but she assumes new guises around Russia to help distribute gifts. And she is, her name is derived from the Russian word for snow, which is S-N-E-G. Snag. 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, it's, you know, Santa's granddaughter who gets to help out with the gifts. And so she's a very popular figure in Russian culture around Christmas time as well. And then the very last one is also from Russia. Let me just pull up the link. Babushka means grandmother in Russia. I love um, that word. <laughs> I know. I love babushka. It's a great word. But so this story, again, it goes back to the other two. I like happened to get the three stories that I was like, wait, this is like, this is all the same. But I'll give a little bit more details of this one. But according to a story, a woman called Babushka used to live in a small peasant town in Russia. And she always worked hard cleaning and keeping her house tidy. And it was the cleanest home in all of the village. But she also had like a beautiful garden and her cooking was fantastic. And then one evening she was busy dusting and cleaning. And she was so like engrossed in her work that she didn't hear the neighbors outside talking about the bright new star in the sky like she heard about it and she's like I don't have time to look at the star because I'm so behind in my work like I have to work all night so she missed the star as it shone in the sky and she missed the little line of twinkling lights coming towards the village at dawn and she also missed all the sounds of her neighbors celebrating and everything but this is what the story says but she didn't miss the loud knocking on her front door moments later what is that she wondered when the door opened babushka's mouth dropped in amazing there were an amazement Mm -hmm. (laughs) there were three kings at the door with one of her servants my masters need a place to rent said the servant and yours is the best house in the village you want to stay here asked babushka yes replied the servant it would only be until night falls and the star appears again so she lets them in and the kings basically invite her to Um, and let them know that they're going to go see a newborn king they ask her to come with us and say you could bring a gift like we do just like you know we have gold spices perfumes and she's like oh i'm sure that he like i'm not sure he would welcome me like what could i possibly bring and then she's like oh wait i have toys i have a cupboard full of toys the the kings told her this new king could be your king too come with us when the new star appears tonight and then she's kind of like oh i'll think about it but basically she doesn't end up going with them because she's worried about like leaving her home and like the house will have to be cleaned when she's gone. Like she can't leave it. And then the king went away sadly and she realized that um, 
she couldn't do it. And I think another part of it too is like she felt like her gifts like weren't good enough for a new king. Mm -hmm. So she missed out on the chance to go to the king and then she tried to go after them, but it was too late. This is very similar. (laughs) And I think actually the story like goes on that like she ended up like finding them and like seeing going to them in a stable but then someone told her like oh actually they've gone to Egypt and the kings have returned to their country but one of them told me about you so sorry to tell you but you're too late and she was sad that she was too late and then ended up returning home to clean her house so again like very similar like Italy Russia and the Dominican Republic this very similar story of a woman who was invited to go with the kings to give a gift to Jesus but decided to stay and clean her house and because she didn't feel like she was good enough and then she missed out on meeting you know the baby Jesus and which I'm like how have I never heard like why is there no version of that story that I've heard I I when like you know obviously there's like three different parts of the world here that do have that so I'm like wondering I'm like is that true and also why haven't I heard this yeah that's so true like I feel like that would be a a regular story like mix it in there with the nativity when you talk that could be that belongs in the bible yeah there's there's a message in that that's very fitting so yeah like i said i thought it was funny that like the five of the people i got three of them pretty much had identical stories but it just you know shows the way that we're all connected in our storytelling and cultures and everything so no i love that We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, so I actually ran across um, this person on TikTok. No surprise Mm -hmm. there. Um, But she was like doing something really fun and really cool. So she cooks. Her username is Commonplace Cook on Instagram and on TikTok. But on her TikTok, she did a series where she made 12 different kinds of Christmas cookies. Yeah, and it's based on like a cook who posted their recipes. Let me find it. Susan Spungen makes 12 Christmas cookies for the modern era. And so she made like, so this chef, Susan Spungen, created like these 12 different recipes of Christmas Mm -hmm. cookies. And this girl like followed them and actually ended up making all of the different Christmas cookies and kind of talking about like the pros and cons of each of them and what she liked about them and what she didn't, what turned out and what Mm -hmm. didn't. And they are not only like beautifully stunning Christmas cookies, but also she just has the most relaxing voice and the most aesthetic like filming that she does of like the food Mm -hmm. cooking, which I always find so impressive because it's like, I, when I bake, it doesn't look aesthetic. Exactly. And yet like she has her like sprinkling the flour down and rolling out the dough and it just like looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I, I watched all of her her, like Christmas cookie videos because I'm obsessed with watching people bake things and frost things. (laughs) They were all beautiful. And then she made these like little Christmas cookie boxes out of them. But I'm excited to follow her and see what else she ends up doing throughout the rest of the year and what she like cooks and bakes and everything. Yeah, I'm lit- I'm watch I've been watching one pretty much as you speak and they're so mm-hmm. they look so nice. The twelfth ones are like my favorite. Oh, That's yeah. the one I ran across where she has like the pomegranate seeds, pistachios, and like something else she like sprinkles on top of them and it looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Like they're so beautiful. They look like they would taste so good just fun like what a fun thing that. to do over the holidays is like make a bunch of different christmas cookies and yeah try them out I love- cool so for my artist spotlight it is called brit drop shop the brit drop shop say that 10 times fast 
basically, though, she has like cards, stickers. I'm, I'm assuming it's a graphic designer, definitely. But yeah. what I, she has the cutest prints and the cutest holiday things. And I like checked out her website and she has like <laughs> Christmas tree air fresheners, ornaments, um, buttons, cute. and also like Christmas tags, which I think is such a good idea. Like, you know, like the cute little two from to put on presents yeah. and cute greeting cards. And yeah, just the sweetest things. Um, I, I did see one of her posts that she's definitely closed for the holidays. And I'm sure that by the time this episode comes out, you know, people aren't going to be ordering things online to get, you know, to get here in time for Christmas. But beyond what she's done for the holidays, it looks like she has a shop that's open all the time with the cutest prints, stickers, you know, various things like that. And yes, it's, she definitely has a cute style. Her little like she has a drawing of Santa in space yeah on the sleigh ship 3000 with all the little reindeers in like a little christmas it looks like onesie pajamas but i'm assuming they're little space suits it's so cute so cute like who would have thought of that not me but it's adorable i love it yeah that's a literally so cute i also i have seen some people participating in her drawing challenge for this month really um yeah, she did 12 days for, of Christmas cheer, and I didn't recognize until um, I looked at her profile when you brought her up, but I have seen some illustrators I follow participating in that, and it looks like she did one for Halloween as oh, well. Oh, cool. So, so just like an awesome creative yeah, person it, to follow for like everyone, regardless if you want to actually buy from her, just, you know, be inspired, get prompts. I love that. Exactly. Because, yeah, you could totally participate in like her little monthly drawing challenges as well which is always oh, fun I love those things. i've always wanted to do one and i never I know, have same. But... yeah i mean not with drawing <laughs> like, but that like would be something so fun. different yeah yeah i could never would never participate yeah. in drawing challenge that is not for me <laughs> i mean you could you don't have to share it you with anyone <laughs> that's a very good point we can just create art for art's sake yeah. here but yeah i love that so much so definitely go follow her cutest colors too goodness all right now back to the show the one first one I have, her name is Perchta, and it's from Austria and Germany. So they call cool. it an Austro-German legend. But she's a pagan goddess, and um, it said that she stalks the snowy landscape by night during the 12 days of Christmas. And apparently mm-hmm. the 12 days of Christmas were like, I, I think I'm doing this right, it's the days in between after Christmas leading up to January. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she's associated. She's connected in a lot of ways to La Bafana and January 6th, which seems to be like a very important day. So I feel like we should just like turn that into a national holiday, have another winter feast vacation time period. I think it sounds wonderful. So perfect. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But um, her aim is really creepy, actually. It's to ensure local customs are upheld under the pain of death. Oh. Yeah. So apparently there was like a rule that you couldn't weave during the holidays. I Mm. don't know. Um, And then uh, if you did, you would incur purchase wrath. And she would enter the homes of people while they slept. And if she found out that they were misbehaving throughout the year, then she would rip open their stomachs, disembowel them, stuff their empty bodies with straw rocks and other rubbish and then stitch them up before moving on to her next victim 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so a little bit more grim than you would expect. And then she was apparently particularly intolerant of unruly children and liked to bring a posse of zombie-like helpers with her. And so um, she would go around with these little creepy zombie people and do all of her disemboweling to naughty children. And she had, like, a large and misshapen foot that they called, like, a goose foot. And apparently that's linked to, like, the idea of eating a goose at Christmas to kind of, like, show dissatisfaction with her. And in Austria and other places, it's, like, a major part of Christmas festivities to have, like, parade of sorts of, like, a mass procession full of noise-making fireworks and people who are usually men dressed as terrible beasts with large horns to kind of display this like phenomenon of Percha and her followers. And the idea is, is that like you will out ugly the like Percha followers and people so that they won't come and haunt you. Very, very creepy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was like, that's a scare tactic. Like people talk about Santa being like scary, but like the worst he does is leave you cold if you're naughty. This lady like disembowels you. Uh, yeah so then there's also another austrian legend and this one's going to be very hard to say it is snabelk perch snabelk perchin but there are these figures with long beaks knitted jackets patched women's smocks and straw slippers they have baskets on their backs and then they carry around large scissors and needle and thread along with a broom and the beaks are like made out of large sticks and like wood and farmhouse linen and stuff there's pictures i'll post some and you can definitely look them up of like what this looks like because it is like a costume like people actually dress up as this and they make their way through the town on the 5th of january on the eve of that epiphany festival and apparently they make little like ga 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 noises they're like I'm assuming it's kind of like caw, 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 but I don't know. (laughs) And then make their way from house to house and making sure that the houses are clean. So what is this like obsession with housekeeping and cleanliness with these Christmas traditions? Like, is this sexist that it's like women are obviously obsessed with cleaning? And so I don't know. I have no idea. Isn't it weird? But they check that the floor's been swept, the corners have been dusted, and if you don't clean your house correctly, then very much so like Perchta, they cut open your stomach with their scissors, Ah. empty all of the rubbish from your messy house inside of you, and then stitch you up with their needle and thread. (laughs) I feel like they have, oh my gosh, like such scare tactics to like (laughs) clean your house and be good (laughs) yeah like or else yeah this happened to you yeah kind of a funny thing though instead of like trying to scare them away like they do with the other lady they said that Mm -hmm. they're generally welcome guests and so like if your house is clean then they can bring you happiness and blessings throughout the coming year so they're like wanted like you want them to come but you just have to make sure your house is clean when they do yeah okay well yeah or who else like or, oh, yeah. or else like who knows what <laughs> also disemboweled yep <laughs> and apparently like people have done a lot of research into this one because they're like what is the common thread here like this is so weird and um research suggests that this tradition goes back to gold mining times because okay. miners were like 
really dirty and messy and so apparently like they think the women of the town had enough and came up with this tradition where it's like if your house isn't clean we'll literally come in and clean it and then shove it all in your Your um, cut open stomach (laughs) i mean as is there good for them (laughs) so don't know if that's true or not but yeah also kind of an interesting little thing there this one actually sounds so enchanting Um, This one is from the Cantabria region of Spain, and they're called Anahas, I think. But they are fairies, and they're known for, like, going up against this, like, ruthless child-eating monster called the Awakanu, and they're, like, really protective, and legend says they're, like, sent from God to do good deeds, and then after 400 years of doing good deeds on earth, they'll return back to heaven and never return again. And it's also assumed that they like take care of the forests and trees and all sorts of that stuff. And that they're just beautiful and delicate. I love the description of them. They're half a foot tall with white skin and a sweet voice. Some are like a nightingale when they are happy and others are like a beetle stepping on leaves in autumn. Their eyes are slanted, serene, and loving, with black or blue pupils as bright as the stars, and they feature nearly transparent wings. They wear long, jet black, or golden braids adorned with multicolored silk bows and ribbons, a beautiful crown of wildflowers on their heads, and a blue cape on a long, thin, white tunic, and carry a stick of wicker or hawthorn, which shines in a different color every day of the week." That is very lovely. Doesn't it sound like like a children's story or something? Like it's so beautiful. Like the description, they sound like a beetle stepping on leaves in autumn. Yeah. What? What does that even sound like? I don't know, but I love it. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm here for it. Like that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're able to talk to the water, help injured animals, damaged plants. They also help out lovers or people who are lost in the woods or suffering um they wander through villages and leave gifts at the doors of helpful and kind people and come to villages especially during the region at the night of january 5th with Mm. the intention of bringing children a variety of toys and gifts and also if they are summoned they'll help the person who summoned them if they're good of heart but also punish them if they're wicked And Mm -hmm. unlike the other ones where it happens every year, this occurs four years. Every four years, these fairies come on January 5th, and it generally happens to poor families. And it still actually occurs in areas of Cantabria, but they do it every year. Wow. Yeah, in modern times. Isn't that fun? January 5th, yeah. I know, I'm saying this is like a thing. Like, we need to be celebrating January 6th and like the eve of January 5th. Okay, this next one is from Iceland, and her name is Gryla, and she's known as being a giantess from, like, Norse mythology, but apparently she didn't have, like, a huge connection to Christmas until the 17th century, so I don't, like, know how that worked, but she was a beggar who would, like, walk around and beg parents to give them their disobedient children. Oh. Yeah. And it was said her appearance is like really repulsive. So she's like gross and she goes around begging for like disobedient children. And then um, people will either give her food or chase her away in order to get her to leave children alone. Uh-huh. And then um, originally the idea was that she lived in like this small cottage, but then was forced out of town into a remote cave. And she has like these 
giant children <laughs> called the Yule Lads. And they are like pranksters and also like homicidal monsters. Like they range oh, from casually. That. Okay. Yeah. And they're like used to frighten children into good behavior, kind of like the boogeyman. Um, it actually was written that like the king of Denmark really objected to their use as a disciplinary tool. He's like, Can we please stop terrifying our kids with giant homicidal monsters? And uh, I know, mean, I get fair. that, dude, but whatever. <laughs> um, and she also uh could detect children who are misbehaving year round and then would come from the mountains during Christmas time to find the children, um, hunt them, carry them home in a giant sack, and then eat them. Her favorite dish is a stew of naughty children for which she has an insatiable appetite. And according to legend, there's never a shortage of food for Gryla. You know what I love that like this is the thing that like unifies humanity is that no matter what people are going to try and scare their children into (laughs) being good (laughs) into certain ways and I like love the ways we've seen how different cultures do that. (laughs) Oh my goodness I just think it's so funny apparently it's a universal thing. (laughs) Yeah I think it's so funny. So and then last but of course not least we have Mrs. Claus who um, just like Santa Claus kind of started out as more of a Germanic um, Northern European legend, but spread very quickly over to England and America as a part of our tradition. Um, Mrs. Claus, however, is a little bit more recent than Santa himself. Um, Since 1889, she's been depicted as a fairly heavyset, kindly, white-haired, elderly female who's usually baking cookies somewhere in the background mm-hmm. of Santa's story. Um, she assists in toy production, oversees Santa's elves. Um, sometimes she's depicted in her youth to have had red hair, which yeah. is very Christmassy, and is usually depicted wearing a fur dress of red or green. Um, She kind of started appearing in popular media in the 1960s with books like How Mrs. Santa Claus Saved Christmas and is now seen on um, in cartoons, greeting cards, knickknacks like Christmas tree ornaments, dolls, salt and pepper shakers, storybooks, seasonal school plays and pageants in parades and always kind of as that character adjacent to the throned Santa Claus. In good old malls around America. (laughs) Yep. And her personality tends to be fairly consistent. She's seen as a calm, kind, and patient woman, uh, often in contrast to Santa Claus himself, who can be prone to acting too exuberant. Yes. (laughs) I loved that little thing. Um, I think it's very notable that we don't even have a name for her. I was just going to say, like, wait a minute, what's Mrs. Claus's first name? She doesn't have one. I think that description of her, she's baking cookies somewhere in the background of Santa Claus's story. I think that that's like a very accurate depiction. I did read some cute little quotes though about how like the stories came up because of mothers like telling their children the story of Santa and like talking about his life at the North Pole with the reindeer and the elves and saying like and of course he has a wife who helps him keep on track and make sure Mm -hmm. that he eats healthy and that all of the toys are done kind of like the they were like well of course a woman is essential into this whole process because a single man could never do all never (laughs) so I thought that was kind of cute that that's kind of how it was added in was this like well of course he has to have someone to help him know 
everyone knows that he couldn't have done it on his own. <laughs> yeah. Well, but. I love even to like in the Santa Claus movies, um, you know, I think is it Tim Allen? He was mm-hmm. done it. Was it like that's in Santa Claus too? Isn't it like one of the things where it's like, well, if you're going to be Santa Claus, you have to have a Mrs. Claus, and like yeah. the whole part of the movie is him finding someone to be Mrs. Claus. No, I, I'm I pretty that. sure that's a storyline. No, I think line, so. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's like a whole Wikipedia page on Mrs. Claus actually, and it goes through like her depiction in every single like popular Christmas film and like how it contrasts to the like original character of her and how they've like made her younger, older, like mm-hmm. all sorts of different things. So if you want to read about a lot of it, you can. But that's cute. Yeah, I I like kind of think we need like a modern take on Mrs. Claus where we like give her a backstory and like <laughs> like where did she come from how did yeah. she become Mrs. Claus what's her first name <laughs> kind of like build out this character a little bit more because apparently it doesn't really exist <laughs> also like I feel like I mean if we're worried about money here like there's gotta be a market for that you'd assume I feel like it's been a long time since we've had like a really popular Christmas film the last one a I can think one. of is Elf was there a more recent one since then wonder though i'm like how long does it take before something's considered a classic i don't know and then like before that of course you have like home alone polar it's a wonderful life polar express so i don't know i think we're we're due for a new christmas take yeah. oh there you go free idea for anyone out there <laughs> hey movie producers who are absolutely listening to this um <laughs> create a mrs claus origin story but yeah that's kind of all the ones we had there's a bunch more but a lot of them are kind of like the ones you had where they have a different name but it's like the same legend yeah Mm -hmm. so i feel like you can find them under a bunch of different names (laughs) as well which is really cool but yeah i don't know if there's anyone out there from like a different country or culture where you have like a story about like a a female christmas legend that we missed like would love to hear that look at the way women are used as <laughs> lessons that they'll either eat your children or they're too busy in cleaning their houses. <laughs> just kidding. for real Very though Christmas. what is this weird like oh she was too busy cleaning her house and so she missed out on seeing she baby jesus. jesus and then the next one is like but if your house isn't clean then these weird bird-like creatures are gonna come <laughs> disembowel you and fill your stomach with all of the dirty things in your house <laughs> is, i mean it's horrifying but it's hilarious yeah it's like well maybe if we wouldn't have scared her into cleaning her house or else she'd be killed she wouldn't yeah like no wonder she was like oh, i don't know if i can go see this like jesus baby like i might get murdered <laughs> exactly oh anyway so <laughs> an interesting time of the year isn't it it's so fun (laughs) i'm so nostalgic with like old christmas music okay i'm a very nostalgic sentimental person Mm -hmm. and so i was driving with my husband and i turned on like the classic you know christmas spotify playlist and like got like emotional just like the moment like some like classic christmas came on with tears in my eyes but then merry christmas darling by karen like the carpenters came on and i was just shedding tears i'm like i just love this music like it's just like i said i'm way too sentimental for my own good but it just made me so emotional so i hope that you know whoever's listening whatever you celebrate this year if it's not christmas i hope at the very least like you're able to spend time with people you love and hopefully there are people around you that can you can share that love with but agreed 
And if anyone wants to celebrate on January 6th, like, let's do something. Yeah, let's do something January 6th. Apparently, America's really missing out on something here. I know. I'm like, I could use another national holiday. Let's do this thing. And I think we've got two more episodes coming out before the new year to keep that holiday spirit high. So just enjoy our holidays, and we'll be back again next week with another one. Yes, we will. Bye. Bye.